We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time to talk all things Dirty Birds. It's Falcons Flyover. On Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Back in the Kia Studios on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. John Chuckery Show coming to you on this Tuesday evening. 404-726-0929, Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line. Uh, remember, it is Tuesday, so we do have Rankum coming up here. So that'll be at 940. So 940, Rankum. You can hit me up on the text line. You can hit me up on my personal Twitter page at JMSH316. He's at the D. Lewis for real. This, though, is your nightly look at all things Atlanta Falcons. It is the Falcons flyover. So, rookie snaps and grades from uh, preseason game number two uh, from Pro Football Focus. So, DeMarco Hellams played 106 snaps in that game with a grade of 90. That's really good. Xavier Malone, the wide receiver, he had a grade of 84.8. He played 34 snaps. Clifford Chapman, safety with 32 snaps, 72.1. Bijan Robinson, 12 snaps, 69.6. Barry Wesley, tackle, 25 snaps at 69.2. Matthew Bergeron played 23 snaps, 69.1. Mike Jones Jr., the linebacker, 61 snaps. 63-4. 63-4. Clark Phillips in his first action, 48 snaps, 57.4. Carlos Washington Jr., halfback, 57 snaps, 55-8. Natron Brooks, cornerback, 52 snaps, a 53.8. Uh, Keelan Harris, wide receiver, 35 snaps, 52-3. Zach Harrison, 54 snaps, 51.1. And Jovan Gwynn, uh, played center, 47 snaps, a 45 grade. So, uh, again, Helms is a guy who has shown out in these first couple of games, and he's been, you know, he looks like a guy that's been influenced by Jerry Gray. And we'll talk to Steve Weish coming up in about 15 minutes from right now, and we'll get his thoughts about uh, all of this. Desmond Ritter talking about Taylor Heineke, his backup. Uh, quote, Taylor's been a great guy for me, both Taylor and Logan uh, both guys have been able to come in. Logan, the last four games, and Taylor this offseason, we've been nothing but great to each other, bouncing off ideas to each other, being able to work off of uh, each other. And he said, it is a competition. Both guys are working toward the same goal. When you talk about competition, obviously there's only one person that can play this position on the field at one time. So we know that in this job, in this profession, Every job is a competition, but what we like to call it is a healthy competition. No one's rooting each other down or rooting each other up, whatever it may be, but rather building everyone up together just because, like we say, iron sharpens iron, it's going to make us all, all, it's going to make all three of us better. 
Now, are they also saying the Bears loose? Are we doing? Uh, how about do right longer? How about Hunger Games index? Are we are we still doing that that route? Are we still going that route? Embrace the suck. Are we still going with that? Anyway, all the damn Quinnisms. Yeah, do that got us. All right, let's hear from uh, the head coach. Uh, here's Arthur Smith talking about uh, it's good to have some intense practices. Get this, you know, get to this last preseason game, and certainly a lot of guys are ready to get to the regular season. And so, um, you know, but we need the work, and it was good. It's good to see what we're about. You know, when everybody's irritated, everybody's sick of seeing each other, everybody's sick of the routine and whatnot. And, um, it was good. It was a good spirited practice. Well, look, I mean, this is the last bits of not just training camp and all these things for the veterans, but this is, you know, some of the last chances to show the coaches what you can do. Guys are fighting for roster spots. You know, Jalen Mayfield's a guy who may or may not be with this team in a week. Uh, They've got to impress. You've got to play well. So, again, it may not just be about, you know, the idea of everybody's tired of seeing everybody, but certainly the idea of, hey, you know, this is competition. This is, you know, trying to make a roster. Right, it's better to be in the NFL on the active roster than to not be in the NFL. So again, I again, it may be getting to the end for the veterans and all this, that, and the other. But certainly for some of these young guys and roster bubble guys, you know, they've still got a lot to show and prove. Here's Arthur talking about the reserve offensive line competition update. You know, newsflash: continues to play well. I think Kyle Hinton played well. Tyler Brable certainly played well. Uh, you know, Josh Miles, you know, Josh, Tyler, Jalen, they've all been kind of ro- rotating through. And so, so the competition does. It brings out the best of you. And we think, you know, Josh has a shot this week to go, you know, get some reps at left tackle and see, see who can, can win those backup jobs. I still think that they need to go out and get themselves an offensive lineman. You know, maybe after all of these cuts, you know, that they're the, the big player dump that's coming, still think they need – more guys on their offensive line. I'm still worried about the depth on this offensive line. Here's uh, Arthur Smith's focus during this last preseason game week. Uh, it's just about our improvement. You know, it's it's days like today that they're long. We've been in camp for a while now, um, but it's not losing sight of the you know the, the individual goal day to day and and the big picture. We're 20 days away from the open. Well, I mean, obviously, look, there is a lot to be decided over this next week or two, right? Not just who's on your roster, but starters. I mean, you know, coming up with a true snapshot of of who's going to start, who's going to play, what kind of reps are guys going to get when we get to week one. You know, again, there's, there's still a lot to be decided about this football team. All right, here's uh, Arthur Smith talking about Ryan Nielsen's fiery style. So I'm in the water there at the you know the late 90s, early 2000s USC. I don't know in the D-line yeah. room. I yeah. know in all seriousness, though, everybody's got you know their core beliefs, and it's uh, everybody's got their own style. We you know I don't need old staff that tries to act like me. They need to be their own people, and we certainly have that. And he's certainly consistent with his messaging. As is all those coaches over there. You know, Frank Frank Bush has his way. Jerry's got his way. Jack, Hucks, uh, Matt, you know, so. But it does help to, you know, he's got a message and he's got his own way to certainly repeat it. 
gosh, I mean, if it's a fiery style, uh, is there going to be concerns about, you know, guys revolting? You know, remember we saw the commanders that revolted um, to Ron Rivera about. Um, He's too mean. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the the, the O.C. Uh, gosh, I don't drew a blank, too, but came up from the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, Eric Bieniemy. Bieniemy, yes. Yeah. yeah. Is there any concerns about that? I mean, again, you know, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. We don't, we don't want to get anybody upset. That's why, that's why Ron Rivera coach teams, they are what they are. They're as soft as tissue paper. They were that way in Carolina. They're that way in Washington. Anyway, that's just my opining about uh, some stuff. All right, here's Drake London, how we're finding areas to improve that we couldn't even get to last year. Intensity. Um, I feel like we're going much harder and uh, – we're focusing on details that that I don't think we could have gotten to last year. Um, I think I want to say we're further ahead, but I think we're we, we can see that we could be further ahead, and, and we're doing that right now. Well, look, obviously, guys have a year or two under their belt. London's got a year. Ritter's got a year. You know, Pitts has got a couple of years coming off injury. You know, again, there there's a lot of there is a lot of young players on this team that don't have a lot of experience. You know, whether it's Ebicady or, you know, Matthew Bergeron. You know, I mean, there's so many young guys. Drew Dahlman. There's a lot of young guys on this team at key positions. Positions of influence on this team. And we have to have a lot of those guys step their games up and step up. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just... You know, again, that they're now that guys are more comfortable and they feel like they've got a grasp on things. Now you can get into some some stuff that's newer and expand their horizons. All right, here's Drake London talking about he doesn't care what matchups uh, he gets or what he's got or or when we have. I don't even know what the hell he's talking about. To be honest, it really doesn't matter. I'm just worried about lining up and winning games at the end of the day. If they want to triple team me, if they want to double team me, go all ahead. We got a lot of players who go out there and make plays and mismatches, um, make, make their mismatches pay. So um, if they want to do that, I'll let, I'll let the other dogs eat for sure. Yeah, I mean, look, there again, we talk about there's a ton of offensive personnel on this team. That's why I say we're we're going to be – we're going to be – Day Day, I'm going to be hardcore watching certain things. And if it doesn't come together, okay, we're going to call people out. And if it does, we'll praise them and pat them on the back for doing what they're supposed to do. But we got to keep, we got to stop monkeying around. You know, I, I, again, we played that clip last night. I mean, and what frustrates me, look, do y'all do really think that the reason we haven't won in five years? Is because we just haven't had, don't have enough cap room or cap space, or we've had dead money. Like you guys, you guys really think that's why we haven't won in the last five years? You think that's been the main reason why we haven't gotten over the hump and had a winning record in a league that is full of worst to first in one year? You think that's the reason why we just don't have cap space? We haven't been able to sign as many guys. You think that's the reason why? I talked about this on my podcast this morning. You know, I, again, if, if you think it's that reason, I, I I can't help you. In all honesty, like I can't I can't help you figure it out. I mean, I can try, but I'd probably be talking to a brick wall if you think that's the reason. 
anyway, yes, I, I like being the a-hole. I'm, 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 I'm MJF now. You know, Darby can be the face. I'll be the heel and all this stuff. All right, Steve Weish, when we come back, his thoughts about the Falcons, plus we bounce around the NFL. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios. Sports Radio, Nights in the Game, the Odyssey.com app. Maybe I should. I met him in Philly, and the name was Brian. See, we be making love constantly. That's why my eyes. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It is the John Chuckery Show coming to you live on this Tuesday evening. As Well, believe it or not, we get ready for final preseason game with the Atlanta Falcons coming up on Thursday evening from Mercedes-Benz Stadium taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we'll have all of the action right here on the home of the Atlanta Falcons, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. And somebody who knows a little bit about this team over the years. Let's head out to the Wade Ford com hotline. Let's talk to our guy, Steve Weish, chief national reporter for NFL Network. You can follow him on his personal Twitter page, at Weish89. Steve, as always, buddy, appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for jumping on the show with us tonight. Oh, thanks for having me on. It's always good. <laughs> you know, um, I, I know fans get upset when starters aren't playing and, and we don't really get to see those dress rehearsals. But I thought, Steve, you know, in the Falcons game, I thought that, look, I thought the starter showed me everything I needed to see. I mean, again, I know the penalties and, and all this, that, and the other, but it is a different world in the NFL. We're just not going to see starters play an extended period of time. And I thought the Falcons, for what was asked of their starters, I thought they did their job on offense. Look, they, they did what they're supposed to do, right? Come out there, you stay healthy. Yeah, the penalties aren't what you want to see throughout the game, but – you know, look, you're trying to execute certain things. It's not always going to look good, right? But I thought for the most part, Desmond Ritter played well. Um, Bijan Robinson, of course, is you know, he looked spectacular in the couple touches he had with the catch and the run. The offensive line looked really good in the run game. So that's what you want to see. You want to see the things you've implemented in practice compound a little bit with the lights are on. And then you get the starters out. And then you let the guys you have to evaluate play. And so, again, we see we see it all across the league. You saw Brock Purdy lead, you know, a scoring drive for the Niners in his one drive. And 
Kenny Pickett's done some good things in his little time with the Steelers. So these, these are things you want to see. People have got to step away from their feelings and their eyes sometimes because what looks so great in preseason might not work in the regular season or vice versa because you're trying different things. You're trying to get some principles done against an opponent who may be playing against a completely different technique that you've practiced against. So it's not always going to look clean, but as long as coaches see what they want to see on the film, that is the great indicator. And, and you know, Steve, my big takeaway from the first couple of preseason games has been that this looks like a better Falcons team. This looks like a more talented Falcons team. I mean, we said, we saw it especially against the Dolphins in, in preseason game number one. But, you know, again, nothing fancy but just winning one-on-ones, looking like a defense that's going to pressure, looking like a defense that can create some turnovers, looking like an offense that can move the football. I mean, that that's, I mean, really the 35,000-foot view of things I think there's a lot to be excited about this team. And, you know, certainly, again, I think that they've done what they needed to so far in these first two preseason games. 100% agree. And, and it, look, it better look like a more talented team with all the money they spent to, to bring in, <laughs> you know, to bring in the free agents, you know, Jesse Bates and David Onyemata and, and Clayus Campbell and some of those guys. But, look, that that's what this team needed, right? They finally had money. They didn't go out and say, okay, we got the big splash guy who's going to get us over the top. They said we're going to add to some of the fundamental building blocks across our defensive front, you know, because that's where Ryan Nielsen kind of made his made his hay as, you know, the defensive line coach with the Saints who comes over as the D.C. Um, you know, you added some pieces to the draft offensively to kind of build. You add John Smith. So they stuck to a process, right? They, they didn't get the big eyes, as we like to say in athletes, and, and get lured by the big eye candy or that one guy. They're not there yet. But they're building in such a, a, a way of momentum. Okay, we got some young offensive skill position players. We've got a nice offensive line. There's some pieces there. Let, let them all build and grow together with Desmond Ritter. You know, and then defensively, let's add some pieces where we can actually maybe get after the quarterback. And, and so we can do some things to get into the playoffs. So, again, I don't think this is going to be one of these teams that's going to hang 30 you know, 30 on the scoreboard every game. But I do think it's a team that's going to get some takeaways, um, that's going to be able to control the clock and a win ball game. And, and that's, frankly, what they've been building and how and how they, they've tried to build it. Steve Weiss, Chief National Reporter for NFL Network, joining me on the WadeFord.com hotline. And, and, Steve, I know you and I specifically have talked about this, and I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but I'm already seeing the influences of Jerry Gray on this defensive secondary. You're seeing yeah. a guy like Hellums just – go out there and just do what he's doing, couple of interceptions, and then this team taking away the football. Like, I'm already seeing those kinds of things, that Jerry Gray influence on the secondary. Yeah, again, we'll, we'll see once we get into the regular season. Um, the, the preseason is, is a great trickster, right? It can make you look like, make it seem like things are great and get in the regular season and offenses run on different concepts and things. But fundamentally – what Jerry Gray, and, and I know we haven't talked about this, besides just worried about the five guys who are on the field back there when, you know, that we've seen, he does a great job of tying the back end to the front six or to the front seven. And that's the important thing about it. He understands how he has to coach his guys on the back end to work in tandem with the guys up front. And, and I think that's – 
that's a huge, huge piece of how things work because you could have all the talent you want in the secondary. If it doesn't tie in to what they're doing up front, then it's not going to matter. And so I think the fact that they've got some pieces to put some pressure, especially from the interior on quarterbacks, so maybe the guys don't have to cover as long in the back end or, or, or whatever, you're, you're going to see a difference in how this team plays and, again, how the, how the coaching staff works together to tie the front and the back end together is, is going to be, to me, a, a noticeable difference on what they've been building the previous couple of years under this regime. And, Steve, how concerned are you about that left guard spot? I mean, I'm not comparing Jalen Mayfield to Matthew Bergeron, but it's kind of the same type of situation where you thought maybe you had your starter in place. He goes down to season-ending injury, and, you know, again, a couple of years ago, Mayfield ran into that same situation and probably was thrown into a bad, you know, you know, a, a bad position to just try to take over at that left guard spot. And while I know that Matthew Bergeron is working with this team at left guard exclusively, now we're losing another guy that could have been your starter, and now you're going to have to plug a rookie in. How much concern is there about that, especially when you also have a really young center standing right beside him? Yeah, but that center looks like it's going to be pretty good. Um, I mean, there's, there's got to be some concern, but now this is where you've got a scheme, right? You've got to scheme and protect that type of player, and that's not always easy because there's much more of an emphasis on teams now and having a great interior you know, defensive linemen, not just a singular guy, but, you know, two or three rotational guys. So, yeah, I mean, that's a weak spot. And I, and I, we'll see. You know, they. this is with developing a guy like Bergeron. Um, you know, it, it's, it's important. But it's good they've got a nucleus around them, right? It's not that they're not patchworking guys. You've got a group of guys, for the most part, that play together for at least the full season to, to help incorporate that end if they play on a thread you can cover up weak spots so we'll see it's not something that i don't think people should be losing sleep about right now and you know one of the other things i've talked about with this team is i don't think that there's a reason why that they can't be an elite red zone team you start looking at all of this offensive personnel the three guys at the running back position or again i know that we're not calling them running backs but three guys in the backfield and the wide receiver and Matt Collins and Kyle Pitts and Johnny Smith. I mean, I think the real key to this offense is going to be their red zone production with all of this personnel that they have. Well, I mean, that's key to any offense. Football nowadays is, you know, third down on both sides of the ball, takeaways, and red zone. And not even so much red zone. Let's call it 10 yards in. Some people call it a green area. Whatever. 10 yards in, toughest, toughest way to score, toughest spot to defend. And, and so they've got to be able to mix it up. But I, but I think they're going to be good with that because there's just so many things you can do. You can move John Smith into a fullback role if you have to. You can, you can play 22. You, can, you know, there's, there's all kinds of different things you can do, and that's where Desmond River comes into play, right? He's got to be efficient. He can't turn the ball over down there. You know, if you, you got one of the best field goal kickers in the NFL who's kind of a – a safety net and they don't look I think the defense is going to be better where if they have to kick field goals to win a game that, that's going to work for them now so red zone is everything in the NFL and they've got the type of personnel if they if they've got to run it if they've got to play basketball they can do that and that's clearly how they built this roster 
It's our guy Steve Weiss joining me here on the na- on the uh, waitfor.com hotline, chief national reporter for NFL Network. Let's bounce around uh, a little bit. You know, I-, I don't think anybody thought that Aaron Rodgers was ever going to retire as a Green Bay Packer. But that being said, it's still going to be weird to see him wear another team's jersey in a game on Saturday. Like, there's still going to be this kind of, like, hmm, okay, that looks a lot different. Uh, you know, even even with just, you know, the limited time he'll probably play on Saturday, it's going to definitely look different seeing an, an Aaron Rodgers not have that Green Bay logo on the side of his helmet. Yeah, but I think most folks are over it, you know, with the hard knocks exposure, with our network and ESPN and everybody else doing nothing but talking about the Jets right now. I think we're all kind of over it and used to it. And look, this is this is the NFL. I mean, Tom Brady looked different in a Buccaneers jersey. Oh, and then he won the Super Bowl, and you know now it doesn't look crazy to see him in a in a Bucks jersey. I mean, it, it happens. Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl in a Broncos jersey. These are all things we never thought we'd see, but these are some of the greatest quarterbacks to ever do it, and they they didn't play their whole careers with one franchise. So. It is what it is. Look at all the guys on the Falcons roster. You know, Calais Campbell. You know, you thought he was going to be an Arizona Cardinal or Baltimore Raven. Well, he's played for several teams. You know, Jesse Bates didn't get to finish out his career with the Bengals. So, it, it just it's just the way of the NFL. So, seeing Aaron Rodgers in a Jets uniform, is it going to be, you know, the storyline, is, is he going to be like Brett Favre? And it's, you know, it's he's not going to get to the playoffs in a Jets uniform after being in Green Bay? Or is he going to be like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and take two teams that we really, you know, hadn't seen in the in the playoffs or Super Bowl for a long time to to the glory? So that that's more of the story to me than seeing him wearing a different shade of green. Steve, give me your thirty-five thousand foot view of what you have seen so far in this NFC South division with the Falcons, Saints, Panthers, Bucks. I mean, just kind of give me a, a little bit of an overview from just even a macro type of deal that what you've seen about this division and, and what it's going to look like this year. Well, I mean, it's, it's still hard based on what you see preseason. Let's go with Carolina. you got a rookie quarterback. They got it. They've got to just run the ball with them. the offensive line. Looks like it's going to take a minute to come together. We've seen two preseason games where most of their starters have been handled. Um, with the Falcons, I think they're just, you know, they're going to be a physical, just a physical, physical football team that you're going to hate having to play. The Buccaneers, you know, hey, Baker Mayfield, we, we love him. We're going to give him all the, the tweets and the, and the social media posts. It's time to bake. Well, okay. We've seen Baker Mayfield. Is it time to bake? What's that going to mean? <laughs> so the Saints right now look like the class of the division, but What's that? It's not a team that's going to run away with it. It's going to be a very competitive division. Um, I think you're going to have a few more teams on the plus side of 500 than they have last season. But it's any it's anybody's to have because Derek Carr is kind of the steady, most experienced quarterback. I mean, I think that's where the Saints right now get the edge. Plus, they've been consistently a top-five defense, and I don't think that's necessarily going to go away just because Ryan Nielsen is now running the defense uh, in – in Atlanta. Last question for you, Steve. Has there been in your travels around to all the different training camps, is there a team that you've looked at and said, hmm, like that's a team that really could make some noise? Again, aside from Buffalo and the Chiefs, I mean, I'm not talking about the, the top teams, but is there somebody that maybe has been kind of lingering under the radar that you look at as you've traveled around and said, you know, that team could be really dangerous this season? 
well, a team I saw in person that's, you know, practice and in a game is the Cleveland Browns. My God, I mean, that roster is freaking stacked. Mm-hmm. It is. It's it's stacked. <laughs> you know, it's hard. It's hard not to look at them and be like, whoo. But, you know, look, look at the division they're in. Every team in that division can win it. Um, and, and the other team, and I, and I haven't gone to visit them, but I just think their roster and the way they're they're put together, I think Seattle could be a very dangerous football team. And, and we just don't they, they just don't get talked about enough. So I, I think that Geno is 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 going to be a good player again, and that's going to be a very very dangerous squad. Steve Weiss, chief national reporter for NFL Network, he joined me here on the WaitFor.com hotline. You can follow him on his personal Twitter page at Weish89. Steve, as always, buddy, appreciate a few minutes on the show tonight. We will certainly chat again soon. Always, man. Appreciate you. You got it. John Chuckery, we'll be back. Sports Radio 929 The Game, Odyssey.com app. Oh, oh, oh. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Back at a Chuckery show. Oh, oh. It sound like a sound like a goat being slaughtered or something. Anyway, uh, 404-726-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. Remember, an hour from right now, we get into rank them. So we do that on Tuesdays and Fridays. We're not really going to have any more Friday shows for a while, are we, Day Day? We uh, we got the high school football scoreboard extravaganza yeah. with all of the cavalcade of celebrities and stars that are infiltrating around here. So, yep. uh, and then after that ends, we'll be knee-deep into NBA, so you never know when Hawks pop up on a mm-hmm. Friday. So, yeah. So, yeah, we, uh, we, we know football. It's going to be a while before we have uh, Friday shows again, so... Uh, we did this last year too, though. So yeah. again, it was same thing we did last year, but um, all good, all good. So, uh, and the high school f- scoreboard show is great. Like those guys, everybody does a good job on that uh, on that program. So, well, maybe not Garrett, but I mean, no, I kid, I kid, I kid. So, but no, it's um, it's great stuff, and um, uh, obviously we're out represent. Where are you going to be? Are you on the streets? Yes. This, Friday? This week I am, yes. Um, we just kind of went over a list of games today, so I'll be, we'll, we'll finalize that tomorrow. So, there's so, I mean, there's just that's the thing, man. There's so many good football games, especially early on in the season yeah. because, you know, you, you know everyone's kind of, you know, trying to identify themselves. Yeah, so, everybody has hope. Yeah. So, but then obviously once you kind of start getting about five weeks in, that's when you kind of start kind of, you know really seeing some of the more like, okay, this is definitely the good matchup. But well, if you um, end up in Roswell, let me know. Yeah, actually, I have Roswell on the list because they are playing Centennial. Mm-hmm. So I do have them on the list. So shout out to the Hornets. All right. Yes, <laughs> my Hornets. So anyway. <laughs> uh, Braves up right now, two to nothing. Um, offense really hasn't gotten it cranked up yet. Rosario has a home run uh, in the game. So he's now at 20 homers. Shocking. Uh, Ronnie's got two stolen bases. He's at 58. 
Graham McCulley, you know, does that tracker for the uh, 40-40. Ronnie's on pace for 75 stolen bases. 75. Like, now we're getting into Tim Raines territory, right? And this is like Tim Raines, circa, you know, what, 1990? You know, again, we're just, you know, it's it's crazy how good his uh, numbers are. But um, Braves up 2-0. Uh, really, the story has been Bryce Elder. He's got four innings pitched. Now he's into his, uh, this is his starting his fifth inning. But through four complete, one hit, no runs, three walks. That's not so good with a couple of strikeouts. And as soon as I say that, uh, foul ball. Okay. Yeah. Foul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as soon as I said that, I was like, oh, gosh. No, but Elder's been magnificent. Um, you know, again, had a great outing last time out. It's really good to see that he's put back-to-back really good starts together. And, again, we're going to need Elder down the stretch. I mean, again, not for the division, okay, because the division is absolutely positively over and done. You know, it, it again – the Philadelphia Phillies are only five and five in their last ten. The Mutts, or no, sorry, the Marlins are seven and, or four and six in their last ten, and the Mutts are seven and three. Hey, they've got on a hot streak. Yeah, they're twenty-two games back. Okay, there's there's only thirty-eight games to play. So again, um, Mutts and Braves, we'll keep you up to date here. But right now, Braves lead two to nothing on the Rosario home run. Uh, he hit the two-run shot and. Um, Scored Marcelo Zuna. So Marcelo Zuna, by the way, is two for two uh, tonight. So he's doing some good work uh, as well. So all fun and uh, all good. All right. Um, speaking of fun and good, let's get to something we call What's Bugging Chuckery. Don't look now, but somebody out there just got Chuckery ticked off. <laughs> like that's hard. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. It's time for What's Bugging Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. So, obviously, we're dealing with all the chaos of realignment and all these different things that are going on in college football right now, right? So, Greg Sankey, who I love. I'm a big fan of Greg Sankey. I've had a chance to interview him one-on-one multiple times. Um, I I think he's great for college football. Um, He was talking with ESPN in a recent interview. And he's talking about all this realignment and all this kind of stuff. And obviously, the change that's going to come next year to the college football playoff, right? The expansion of the playoff. Well, here's what he had to say. Quote, right now, you put it in bold letters that things are going to change, period. And we're all going to have to be prepared to deal with that change, period. Now, what he's talking about is the idea of as these conferences have completely realigned and there's potentially going to be more, then what's the format going to be as far as what the playoff is going to look like? And Greg Sankey said that, quote, we need to rethink the playoff model with college football's landscape changing so dramatically. Well, again, these are the unintended consequences. I mean, when you're in such a hurry to get this money from TV networks and pile up the cash in your coffers, this is what happens. You don't slow down 
and navigate the situation, read the tea leaves, look at what's going on in the world of college football. Everybody gets all excited about we got to hurry, we got to hurry, got to hurry, got to hurry. What was the reason for hurrying? What was college football so bad that we had to go from four to 12 teams in one year to expand the playoffs? Now it's like, well, we got to slow down. Well, where the hell was everybody at a year ago? Why didn't you listen to me? Oh, because you're dummies? Stanky said, quote, the circumstances have changed and we need to reconsider the format. Well, duh. But you were in such a hurry to scarf up all of the cash, right? You had a whole street crew of people with day-day. You know those big snow shovels, like the, the big metal like horse trough shovels yeah. that they use in barns. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. They had a street sweeper crew with a whole dozen of those shovels scooping all the cash up off the ground and tossing it in their trucks and in their coffers as quickly as they could. Why? Not because it was great for the sport. Not because, hey, things are going to change rapidly. No, because they want all the cash. They want dumpsters full of scratch They want to back up a dump truck. You know, Day-Day, have you ever seen those big metal dump trucks that haul rock and dirt and stone and asphalt and all this and, and all kinds of stuff? You ever seen those trucks before? Yes, sir. Big dump truck that's got, okay, that was filled with cash. And they dumped it all over the street and said, here y'all go. Oh, we got to be in a hurry to scarf it all up. We, we can't have enough cash. Can't have enough cash. Meanwhile, what's good for the sport and what's good for the game isn't even considered. That's the furthest thing that's considered. Oh, well, now we're going to consider it. See, again, they, 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 they think so short-sighted because they want dumpster trucks full of cash to back up to them. And they want to do snow. They want piles of money to do snow angels in, Day-Day. They want to be able to just spread their wings and lay on their back and do snow angels in cash. I'm convinced we need to reconsider the number of teams, and it's and I've been clear that I would be or would have been okay with an 18 playoff. That horse has left the barn, though. Y'all decided on this format. That horse has way left the barn. There's no going back, Dorothy. You can't go back to Kansas anymore. You know where you can go? Into the back of a dump truck. That's piled with cash. Do you, hey, here's a wrestling. Do you remember in, what was it, 2000 when they had that Hell in a Cell match with Austin, Rock, Triple H, Man, or, or um, Rikishi, 
and Undertaker. And remember, Rikishi took the dive off the top yep. of the end of the dump truck full yep. of mulch. Yep. Do you remember that pay-per-view? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's college football athletic directors and presidents. We're going to take a dump truck and just back it over, and then we're just going to nesty plunge into a pile of cash. Why? We don't care about the game. We don't care about realignment. We just want dumpsters full of cash money, homie. And that's where we're at. Again, the genie's out of the bottle at this point. You better figure it out quickly because you were in such a hurry to make rash decisions because you wanted money. Now you got to live with it. Now you got to live with what this thing is going to be. Now you got to live with the unintended consequences of your actions. Not because they were good for the game, not because football benefited. No. Because of all this other. Michigas. Again, I will say there was nothing wrong with a 14 playoff. You didn't have to go from four to all of a sudden 12 and just pile up all the money and say, we gotta get, we gotta get our gazillions of dollars. We need it now. We need it yesterday. Cash money homie. We need all of it. No. No, we, we we're not gonna we're not gonna do it that way. We just got to get as much our hands on as much money as humanly possible. Forget the forget the format, forget the playoffs, forget you know what's good for the sport. Let's just make sure that we grab as much money as we possibly can. Look, there's the Rock's daughter up there on NXT. She's uh, she's doing some promo right now. There's the that's the Rock's daughter, anyway. And that's what's bugging Chuckery. And I love Greg Sankey. I think he's the best at what he does. But that genie's out of the bottle now. This whole idea of we're going to, we can refix. No, you can't. You can't fix it now. It's too late. Too late. The glass is already broken. Humpty Dumpty can't be put together again. All right, more to come. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios. Sports Radio on to the game, the Odyssey.com app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.